Right. So good morning, everybody. Uh, awesome to be together again. Uh, it's been a while since we uh, had our last podcast. Uh, you can see we're in a different venue. We're uh, at Taba, on top of the mountain. So it may sound a bit different. It may look a bit different. Uh, and the reason for our delay in, in the, our podcast has really been COVID. Uh, you know, some of our members, Pastor Kubus, they went into self-isolation. Uh, you know, they, they developed some symptoms, and, and but they're out of it now. They're healthy, and we're yes. so glad that uh, he's with us this morning. Um, Pastor Ivan also had to go into, into self-isolation, and that really messed up quite a bit of our planning. But that's just where we're at at the moment, and I believe God has been gracious to us. He's, he's protecting us, and... Um, this morning, we've got a special guest with us this morning, uh, Terry Starkey, uh, long-standing elder, and uh, it's, again, a privilege to just take on the next topic. And Last time, we, we spoke about joy. Uh, this week, we're going to talk about unity. And unity is such a big topic, and you know, as I, you know, in our preparation, in my prayer, I just I, I was reminded about Jesus uh, speaking to the Father, to saying, "Lord, uh, Father God, may they be in unity like we are in unity." And we know, Lord, the Lord Jesus and Father God and Holy Spirit is in absolute unity. There is no disagreement. There's and whatever they do uh, brings a blessing, and we can see it all around us. So Jesus is really wants us all to live in unity, to, for us all to, to work in unity. Uh, but without further ado, I just again want to introduce Pastor Kubus from Skalkweik. He's our resident theologian, is that the right word? Uh, so he really just dives into and is a teacher and a real shepherd. Uh, and again... Great to have you with us, uh, Pastor Quibus. And Thank from you. here on forward, we're not going to do the pastor thing. It's just Don yeah. Quibus and Terry. Yeah. Uh, and then Terry, Terry Starkey has been with us for, for many years, over 10 years. Uh, he's been an elder for close to 40 years. And he's been in leadership. And we just felt that something that I believe he can bring to the table this morning They've been married almost for 50 years. Oh, 48 years, yeah. 48 years in marriage. Wow. And uh, that in itself is a testimony of, you know, what works. And it doesn't mean it's all just better roses. Uh, they had to work at it. But I realized that, you know, as we, we talked even in our preparation, that unity is not just something that happens. It's not just something that it falls into your lap. It's something that you've got to work at. Yeah. And uh, and I think as we're going to talk through this, I think we're going to realize that when we talk about and how Paul exhorts people to unity, it's something that, you know, you've got to work at. And relationships are complicated things. It gets messy. Mm-hmm. But, at the mo- you know, it's something that is worth pursuing. And I think, Quilbus, if you can maybe kick off and just, just talk about the context of, of unity in the kingdom. Yeah. Because this... This course and this podcast is all about kingdom at hand. Yeah. What does it mean? What does unity mean in the kingdom of God? Yeah. Um, thanks, Don. Um, so when we 
when we started our, our podcast, we um, spoke about the kingdom of God. Yeah. And uh, one of my favorite scriptures is in Romans chapter 14, uh, verse 17 and 18. And I just, I, I just connected the scripture so well. It says that for the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. And, uh, and then verse 18 says, uh, because anyone who serves Christ in this way is pleasing to God and, and receives human approval. Okay. And what I find very interesting is that when Paul writes this to, to the church in Rome, the, the very next thing that he mentions is the importance of unity. Mm. So he speaks about the kingdom of God and then switches right over to something that's, that's, that's equally important and that's unity. And, and I believe that he puts these two topics next to each other or these two ideas next to each other because a, a kingdom can only be as strong as its unity. Yeah, absolutely. It's like a chain. Yes. Uh, I, I, I think about the time that Jesus was accused of, of driving out demons with the power of a demon. Yeah. And Jesus replies, he says, hey guys, um, are you saying I'm driving out demons with the power of a demon? Don't you know that a kingdom divided in itself cannot stand? Yes, yes. And so every time we speak about kingdom, we must speak about unity. Yes. Because it's, it's the unity of a kingdom that gives it its strength. Yeah. And um, so for me, I think that's one of the first scriptures I think about when I think about unity, is this bigger picture, is this kingdom that, that, that belongs to God, that we can be a part of. But one of the most important issues then is this issue on unity. Yeah. I think it's so important that when you talk about God's kingdom, He's established, there's a kingdom in heaven, and He wants the kingdom on earth to represent the kingdom in heaven. Yeah. Because the Godhead, uh, triune God, is in unity. He wants us to live in unity. And maybe that's why we need to dive into, you know, the creation of man. Terry, and I think it's something that's really close to your heart. If you can just talk to us about that. Yeah, no, Don, it is something that's very dear to my heart, and uh, it just reminded me now when Kuba spoke about the kingdom, it just reminds me of the Lord's Prayer. You know, thy kingdom come, yeah. thy will be done on earth as yes, it is in heaven. Yeah. And that's the whole idea, to get things on earth, to replicate that which is in heaven. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I'm just reminded of, and I'm just going to go slightly off track here and just illustrate another point that's close to my heart. And I spoke earlier on about the kingdom in heaven and the triune God and how God actually planned things initially when he said, let us make man. Well, that us is more than one person. We talk about the triune God as people or as persons. Person of God, the Father, person of the Holy Spirit and the person of the Son. Mm. And he said, let us make man in our image. And so God created Adam in his image. And then he said, it's not good that this man be alone. Let us create a helpmeet for him. So everything was done in agreement. Yeah. God made this and created this whole process by agreement. Yeah. And then, of course, we understand the story without divulging the whole thing, all about the fall of man and Adam's sin and all the rest of it. But it's as a result of that sin okay, that Jesus had to leave the very throne room of God mm -hmm. and come in the form of man 
back on earth to reconcile and to repair yeah. the disunity that evolved as a result of Adam's mm. sin. Mm. And so the process began when Jesus came to the earth, and that's why we have what we call uh, the marriage supper of the Lamb, yeah. because he came for the bride. The bride, he's the bride, we are the uh, he's the groom, and we are the bride of Christ. Mm. And that whole thing, he wanted to reconcile his body back to the Father, and it could only be done through his sacrifice. Yeah. And that's the beautiful thing about this whole picture. And so the process now continues on earth as we strive for unity. But this marriage picture is the only thing that actually replicates mm. what was in heaven before God created man. Yeah. So when we have an opportunity to unite together with <clears throat> a female or a woman that God chooses for us, yeah. okay, we are actually re replicating what God created in heaven. Yeah. Because when God said to Adam, be fruitful, replenish, mm. have dominion, he was actually saying to us, do the same thing now on earth because I'm giving you a helpmeet, a wife. You're going to replenish or you're going to consummate that relationship with one another as you come into unity. Mm -hmm. And that is why it is so special yeah. to have the marriage bed undefiled mm -hmm. because in the marriage bed is undefiled and is done in the correct way God intended to be. Unity is sown in the seed yeah. of that relationship and in that marriage. That's and good. I feel that is so important to begin any marriage. That's yeah. why a man can't just look on a woman with lust and think, ah, she's for me, just because she looks nice or whatever the case may be. Mm. God will choose a woman if you really allow yourself to be led by him. He will find a, a helpmeet for you yeah. that will bring honor and glory to him in your relationship. Yeah. And that's, that's not going to say that now you're not going to have any problems in your life. No, sure, you're going to have any problems. But that's why the New Testament church was born. So mm -hmm. we can reflect back on the scriptures and mm -hmm. teach ourselves how to reconcile to God yeah. and how to get back into a relationship with the Lord. And I think that's so important. So Jesus actually left the privilege of being united with his Father in heaven to take on the role of man so he could suffer as we did. He could feel the pain as we understand it mm -hmm. and then reconcile us back to the Father. And that's a beautiful thing. And you, if you choose to um, work on that relation in that context, you will have your setbacks, but God will always come in for your relationship Amen. and it will Amen. always work out for the better going forward. Yeah. yeah, powerful. I think that when you talk about, you know, God chose uh, Eve for Adam and I realized that God has chosen a wife for myself. Amen. And uh, we've been married for almost 40 years and so for me, marriage is almost the beginning of unity and that's where it's really tested. Uh, and, you know, and I realized that in my marriage, you know, there's something about a choosing. You know, in, in, uh, in Mark 10 verse 9, it says, Therefore what God has joined together, let no one separate. Yeah. There's something that we realize is that, you know, God put us together and, and we, we become one. It uh, doesn't mean, you know, we don't have our individuality. And yeah. we, should, we should still be, you know, have our individuality. But God, there's a, that unity brings, yeah. there's a fruit. Yeah. And that's what God told Adam. Mm -hmm. He says that unity will bring forth fruit, not only in children and grandchildren, but also in, in whatever you do together. Mm -hmm. But one thing I realized in, in marriage is, is almost that choosing one another. You know, I have to choose my wife every day. I have to choose uh, her interest every day. 
yeah. over my own. Yeah. And and I think it, it, that brings that unity. And the moment I do that, you know, then I fulfill that scripture that says submit one to another. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean I'm not the head of the home. I am the head of the home. But I also need to submit to her interest and she's to mine. Yeah. And that, that sort of submission uh, brings unity. And when that unity comes, there's fruit. Mm-hmm. And then whatever you do and you take on, there's a blessing in it, you know. Mm-hmm. And the other scripture that, that comes to my mind is in the Ecclesiastic. It says, though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. Mm-hmm. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. Yeah. And in marriage, the way I see it is that it's me and my wife and the Lord. Mm. You know, as, as if we are in tight connection with one another and we have a good relationship with the Lord, nothing will break us. Mm-hmm. And, I, and, I, and I, every day I just appreciate the, the wife that the Lord has given me. Mm. But Terry, you actually mentioned something about, and I want to almost take it back to wood. Mm. <laughs> you know, the example of just how they how they, they joined wood, yeah. bringing these three stands together. Yeah, uh, I actually uh, Don, uh, when I was actually um, reflecting on unity and what have you, um, I think it was a Holy Spirit thought that actually prompted me to reflect back on this part of my life. And I'm going back many years now. I was very involved with the timber industry at one time, and mm. and there was a I used to visit sawmills and what have you. And I got to know the products quite well now. In South African timber industry, we work in figures from a comma nine to a six comma six. That is your standard length range. So you start at comma nine and it goes up in increments of 300. So it's comma nine, one comma two, one comma five and so forth up to 6.6. So anything longer than a 6.6 is hard to get in this country because they don't let the trees grow long enough or mature for long enough to allow them to grow tall enough in yeah. order to... And we use a very quick growing pine in this country. There's very few areas in South Africa where there's slow growing pine and it's really dense pine, but there is some available to you. So, of course, they have to introduce other methods mm. of dealing with pine. And so they introduced what they call an, an optimizing process. Firstly, they cut it to the lengths that are spec for our industry, for the furniture industry, the structural industry, or the, uh, the, the building industry. So those, that timber's been specced for those industries. Mm-hmm. So when you go into a store to buy a length of timber, you will normally buy it in one of those lengths. Yeah. Okay. Then there comes a time when uh, there's so many pieces left over, the, the factories don't know what to do with it. So it normally ends up as firewood. And then it just gets burned up, you know. And it, I know it's fuel, but it's, it's a wasted fuel, basically. They can't really do much with it. So they were introduced what they call a finger jointing process. And that's a method of both laminating pine together and finger jointing it together. And when I was reflecting on the Holy Spirit and unity and whatever, I saw this picture of them actually taking two pieces of pine, irrespective of the Look at this table, for example. This is all laminated. Mm. You see this? All joined your laminations yeah. to give you different flavor and different textures and whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Now, in finger-jointed pine, it's very similar, and they have what they take two planks of ply and they join them together in a finger process like this. Yeah. And then they bond them with a glue. And I've subheaded yeah, my, my illustration is glued together. Now, that's your marriage. Yeah. yeah. You're glued together. Mm. There's no choice. You don't have a choice. Mm. Okay. Now, generally speaking, 
when you glue together, take two pieces of pine, and it comes under stress for whatever reason, maybe there's a storm or whatever the case may be, or something happens to the, the structure, you'll always find that that pine is broken somewhere else other than on the finger joint, sure. on the joint. So it's actually the strongest part of it. That's the strongest part of it, yeah. Sure. And your marriage is like that. Yeah. God, what God joins together, mm. let no man sure. put as under. That's good. You understand? Yeah. So your marriage should be able to stand yes. the tests and the wow. trials of life yeah. as they come and you face them. It's now you know that. Uh, yeah, it's a good illustration. And the thing is that I can talk about my own marriage. Now, you know, Marty and I, I mean, it goes without saying. We are besotted with one another. We are like nuts about one another. You know, even now. And it's grown stronger and stronger as we've spent more and more time together. But then we have faced so much together mm. as husband and wife. And it's not too different from the other challenges that you might face or Kubis might face. You know, we all face different forms of challenges. Mm. But because you bonded together, mm. you can face them. And I think it's true to say that I'm a living miracle and testimony to what God has done in our marriage. Mm. You know, reflecting back on where I've been for the last 10 years in terms of some of the attacks that have come our way. And I think that's such a beautiful illustration. If mm. God joins it together, and you've got God, and as you explained it, the mm. triune, the three chords, yeah. it's bonded, it's glued together, it's mm. stronger. The trouble is that... There's somebody that knows about this thing that you've got bonded together and he's forever mm. trying to break down. And I think if he can get into a marriage and break a marriage, then brings unity. And I must, it's going to lead me on to the point about in Malachi chapter 2 where he says, God hates divorce. Mm. And he talks about dealing treacherously with the wife of your youth. Mm. And I want to encourage people watching this podcast, you know, be on your guard. For he goes around like a roaring lion, seeking whom you may devour, and he will attack your marriage. Mm. Your marriage, as I said earlier on, is a replication of God's kingdom in heaven. God designed it for you to live a life together in bond, in peace. So you've got to be on your guard at all times. And I just think, because God hates divorce so much, you know, that if there's anything between a husband and wife, he turns a deaf ear to your prayer. He cannot hear you, so you need to reconcile. And I think somebody said, or I don't know if it was said today, that don't let the sun go down. So resolve, you, know, you said it earlier on, Don, resolve your issues today because you don't know what tomorrow brings. Amen. You know Amen. what I'm saying? Yeah. Sure. But Kubis, I mean, you, and I think that's such a powerful uh, metaphor using with the planks. And I, yeah. But I mean, in Ephesians, it talks about uh, agreeing. Talk to us about that and yeah. just what that means. Yeah, no, absolutely. So, you know, just to finish off um, on Romans, you know, it, it, it then speaks about the kingdom of God and then Paul um, um, speaks about unity um, alongside the kingdom of God. But he, I, I like the wording that he uses in verse 19, that's Romans 14, verse 19. It says, let us therefore make every effort. Hmm to do what leads to peace and mutual edification. And I like the wording. It says, let us therefore make every effort. Because in in, um, Ephesians chapter 4, he uses the same wording. Uh, Verse 2 to 6, he says, Be completely humble and gentle. 
Desde aqui, be humble and gentle, be patient, bearing with one another in love. Hmm. Right? And, and then he says, he says, make every effort. So there's an effort, you. there's an effort. Yeah, yeah. make <laughs> every some effort. work. There's work, work to be done. Yeah, exactly. We yeah. must work at it. Yeah. We must choose unity. Yeah. And we must put in the effort to make sure that there is unity. By being humble, by being gentle, by being patient with one another, by bearing with one another. Mm. Uh, make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. Um, then he goes on to say, there is one body, there is one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. Mm -hmm. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father to all, who is over all and through all and in all. Mm. And uh, so what I take from that scripture is that we must choose unity. Yeah, It's a choice we make. We must choose unity. And we must choose unity over our own agendas and ambitions yeah. and wanting to be in control of everything. Mm. And look at the bigger picture. Look at what God wants to do in and through his kingdom. And then choose unity. That's the first thing. And then the second thing that I find from this scripture specifically, specifically is that we must guard our unity. Yeah. So it's it will not be the case that we've we've chosen unity and now everything is fine and we can relax. That's good. That's good. <laughs> That's not how it works. So um, as soon as you have worked for unity and chosen unity, what will happen is is that your unity will come under attack, mm. and it will always be under attack. Because remember what Jesus said, a kingdom divided in itself cannot stand. And so your unity will always be under attack and you must guard your unity. Yeah. It's also a choice you make. You must look at it and guard it. Make sure that, that, you, that you stay in unity. Make sure that you stay humble and gentle and patient and bear with each other. And then um, what I also like is what, what uh, Paul writes to the church of, to, to the church of um, Corinth in in um, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, and now it becomes a, a bit more practical for me. Um, and I really like what he writes in, in that first chapter. So he starts off by kind of, and I'm reading from verse 8. He starts off by saying this. He says, He will keep you firm to the end so that you will be blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. And what I see there is grace. Mm -hmm. So Paul immediately points to the grace of God. Yeah. That we all need the grace of God. And it's by the grace of God that we are saved. It's by the grace of God that we can be in a relationship with Jesus. You can't do it on your own. It's by the grace of God. It's grace. It's yeah. grace. Paul is saying it's all about the grace of God. Yeah. Right? And he says, uh, God is faithful who called you into fellowship with his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Again, it's God who called us. It's His mercy. It's His grace. That's the whole idea mm. that Paul is writing about. And he's putting this right in front of us. He's saying, guys, you need to see the grace of God. Yeah. All right? And then he goes on to say, okay, now that you see it, okay, now that everybody's humble, <laughs> and now that you can't boast except for the cross, yeah. okay, now he's saying, agree with one another. Stay in unity. Let there be no divisions with you. But be united. Stay in unity. Mm -hmm. And so I believe that one of the greatest keys for me towards working and choosing unity, working towards it, choosing it, guarding it, one of the greatest keys for me is the grace 
It's the grace of God yeah. that will allow us to be in unity. Yeah. And I believe that the focus should be there. It should be on what God is doing in and through our lives. Amen. Amen. You know, I think you're touching on about agreeing. Um, in Matthew 18, it talks about the whatever you agree. Is that something that you could just maybe highlight for us? Yeah, look, I mean, that's so paramount and so important, you know, and I just feel that in that particular scripture, the, the, the point that I want to say, firstly, agreement. If you look at the dictionary and you look at the translation for the word agreement, the only word that I could find that really describes it is accord, one accord. Mm-hmm. And then Paul talks about one accord quite often. He's really talking about agreement. And Jesus uses it mm-hmm. in, in Matthew. And he says, to him, like the three of us sitting around this table, we're talking about unity and the thing. God's presence is here. Amen. Amen. We don't sit alone here. We sit with God. His presence is here. Because yeah. he says when two or three agree, and I think the subject we're talking about is unity and agreement. Amen. So we have the assurance that the presence of God is with us right now. Mm-hmm. And he confirms that. Amen. So now he says, now you can pray. Sure. Now you can pray. Mm-hmm. And whatever you ask for, I'll yeah. do it for you. Yeah. So if ever we wanted to pray and ask God to do something, let's do it now. You know, because this is yeah. the sense that I pick up is that there's a unity here. So mm-hmm. we pray for South Africa, we pray for, we come against this COVID thing. We pray it in agreement because we agree. We've got the same unity, the same mind against yeah. the enemy. Mm. There's no you know, the, uh, disunity amongst us in that context. Mm. We believe the same thing. And that, that's what Jesus is saying. And marriage is like that. Yeah. Marriage is like that. You're not in disagreement with your wife. I mean, when, when, when you and your wife uh, go to the, to the marriage bed, there's no disagreement there. Everything comes into play that brings unity. Mm. You understand? And God designed it like that. Yeah. It's not something that is vulgar or what. He's designed it like that. He wants to bring you into unity. Yeah. And that's one of his illustrations, the one of the ways he's allowed it to happen. Mm. And of course, there are many other ways of bringing us into unity. And that's just one of them. And agreement is, is, is paramount. And I, I kind of, I can, every, every um, law that's been established for the foundation fathers of America, South Africa, wherever, has been done in agreement. Mm-hmm. When those first principles were laid, it was done and was taken out of the Word of God. Yeah. That's where they got it from. Yeah. They didn't just suck it out the air. It came from principles of word-based stuff. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's what I feel in agreement is so important. But, you know, you talk about agreement, and I realize that one thing that me and my wife, you know, from the very beginning, we said, we're not going to do something if we're not in agreement. Exactly. And... Um, you know, I can recall things that we were not in agreement. That was quite a disaster, especially yeah. when I do things on my own and I don't have my wife's support for it. But wherever we, we actually do things that we are in agreement, and sometimes it takes a process to come into an agreement. Yeah. Because, you know, the one party may not be there where the other party is. But I think it's, it's worth the effort to, to stick it out. And sometimes... I remember even recently my wife said there's something she wants us to do, but I'm not with her. So then she said, well, she's going to pray and, <laughs> and let the Lord deal with me. Yeah. And eventually I would come around and realize but the point that she's making is valuable and it's something that will be a blessing to us as a family. And then we come in agreement. The moment, we, the moment 
we actually do that, it's almost like things are starting opening up. There's a blessing in that agreement. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I, it's something that we choose to say, listen, we're not going to do things that we're not in agreement. And if she does something without my consent or without my input, then I mean, it doesn't mean she, she can't live a life, you know, she's he's an individual in her own right. But it's about certain things we have to do together, you know. Mm. Uh, and I think that's important. And one needs to agree on those things that are um, that is important. Maybe if we could just take another step. I don't know if there's anything on marriage we still want to say. Um, if I can just jump into talk about unity in the church. Now the, we know the family is the basic building block of society. Now we're taking that family, and you obviously. You have children that need to submit themselves to their parents that are in unity, which is another topic in itself. But uh, now we're taking that that family into a church, which is the Church of Christ. Yeah. Which now let's talk about unity in the church, where that that building block comes into a, into a church scenario with leadership and whatever, and God says, "Submit yourself to your leaders," uh, because He's building. A bride, and he's preparing a bride for a marriage feast of the line. Back, back to the marriage again. <laughs> so he's wanting to create that ultimate, final uh, marriage feast, and where we're gonna, as a church, will be betrothed to to Christ Himself. Yeah. He's the the bridegroom. So he uses the same metaphor. So let's talk about unity in church. I mean, Kubis, what does this mean to you? I mean, what? It's obviously a big topic, so we yeah. maybe can not touch on everything. But <laughs> well, I think I think first of all, again, um, in in practice, it's 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 easier said than done. So I think uh, you know even even on a congregational level or church level, unity will always be under attack. Mm. And if you if you if you're not humble, if you're not gentle, if you're not patient, if you if you're not bearing with one another. If there's any form of pride or, or selfish ambitions or, or those kinds of things, then unity becomes very, very hard. And of course, um, you know, the, the more um, divisions there are, um, you know, in church, you know, then there's, there's problems. So um, I think unity is something that we need to keep on working at, keep on choosing, keep on guarding, even, even on the church level. And maybe uh, you know something I can mention um, with the with the with the worship ministry as an example um, I think about about second Corinthians uh, uh, um, second chronicles sorry second chronicles in chapter 5 and chapter 6 mm. where we see the the um, completion and the dedication of the temple that um, Solomon built, that David wanted to build, but that, but that Solomon built, and also the palace. Um, and we see this, this amazing structure, temple, that Solomon built. I mean, it was, it was amazing. Um, you know, uh, there was nothing like it, you know, ever built before. And, but what the, what the Bible then says is, is that in, um, especially chapter 5 and in chapter 6, it says that now the temple was completed and Solomon um, wanted to dedicate it to God. He wanted to honor God with this temple. And it says, and, and the musicians, and I'm just paraphrasing here, it says, and the musicians played 
praises to God. But it says specifically, it says they played in unison. They played in unison. And then Solomon prayed. And it says, and there was this mind-blowing manifestation. Um, I mean, I'm talking like, like Marvel, like a, like a Hollywood movie, <laughs> special effects. Mind-blowing manifestation of God's presence that came down. Yeah. I mean, fire and lightning and smoke. And it says, and it filled God's presence, God's glory, filled the temple yeah. to the extent that, that nobody could enter. Right in front of everybody's eyes, this display of God's presence, His, His, His presence manifesting. Yeah. But it says that the musicians played in unison. Yeah, so there's power in that unity again. And so for me, and, and I want to highlight worship ministry now within church, and I, I hope that there's worship leaders listening yeah. and musicians listening to this. I find that for me, you know, and I'm talking about uh, time that I've spent in worship ministry, I find that, yes, it is important that you have a good sound system. It's, it's important that you have nice gear, instruments and lights and engineers, all of those things, they all play a role. But the most important thing for me in worship ministry is unity. Yeah. And when I say unity, I don't mean that you play the same chords at the same time. Uh, That's helpful. Yeah, please. Please, <laughs> please play the same chords at the same time. Okay. Yeah. But that's not what it is. Yeah. And it's not about having all the instruments tuned in tune and playing the same mm. uh, chord structure to the song and the same key. All of those things are important. Of course they are. But unity means to be together in heart and mind yeah. for the purposes of God and what He wants to do in that meeting. Yeah. And I find that in, in times we were able to reach that place together as mm. a team as when we saw God move miraculously in meetings. Um, and it wasn't about how good the sound was and how good the lighting was. It was about it was about the spirit of God moving in a building, in a room. Right. I remember I remember some, some of our church services that we've had. Um, where where people as people entered the auditorium at the door, and people have said this to me personally, as they enter at the door, they walk into the manifest presence of God. Yeah. To where some people actually just started crying, started repenting of their sins, started just, just they were just overwhelmed with the love and presence and the glory of God that was in that room. Yeah. And I think a big part of that had to do with unity. Sure. That was a big key for God to, to manifest His presence in a meeting, in a room. And um, for me, that is, is something that we need to guard, something we need to choose, because we want to see God move in our meetings. We want to encounter Him. Amen. We Amen. don't just want to have a, a meeting for the sake of a meeting. We want, to encounter, we want to encounter the living God. We want to encounter His presence. And God is saying, unity. Yeah, I just want to put in a little bit here. You know that 
You've been a Christian for a long time and I've been a Christian for a length of time and Don as well. We have our private quiet times with the Lord and we seriously seek the Lord's face about a circumstance or situation or whatever the case may be. I've found on many a time I've gone into the presence of God and I've, I've actually just gone before Him and searched His heart and searched my own heart. And I find there's a presence of unity that prevails in private worship, mm. where God reveals Himself to you in such a way that He manifests in different um, emotions in your relationship with Him. Sometimes you're laughing and crying and you're reminiscing and you're just screaming with joy and you're thanking God. And Now could you imagine if we could find that in a group session? in a worship session where we all come together in one church, in one accord, finding that place where we're all searching God with the same heart. Because that's where it begins, I believe. And I hear you. And I think uh, Pentecost is a beautiful illustration of what you're talking about. They came in one accord. And when there was one accord, but it was a process, eh? it didn't happen instantaneously. 120 days. 120 days. <laughs> it's a Before they found that tune. So yeah, that was, no, 120 people. How many days was it? 40 days. Uh, yeah. 40 days. Sorry. 40 I've, days. I've got the days and people mixed up. <laughs> yeah. So what I'm saying is that it must have just struck a note with God's yeah, heart. Yeah. Yeah. When they yeah. reached that point, like in yeah. the temple, Manifested. But you know, the scripture that's always been, um, you know, since we started the church 12 years ago, in, in Ephesians 4, it says, So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers to equip the people for works of service, so that the body of Christ may be built up. How long? Until what? Until we all reach unity in the faith yeah. and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. And I think that's something that I realized that as a pastor or a teacher or a whatever, you know, obviously that's a gift to the church. So Jesus says he gives you as a gift. I mean, because you're a teacher, so God has given you as a gift to the church. And whatever God has put in me, I come as a gift. But I realized that gift comes to build up the, the believers for their work of ministry, mm. until we, until we all come into unity. Yeah. So it's almost like that, that, that goal sounds almost like an elusive goal that we need to build and build and build so that we all come into unity. And again, it's not easy. You know, I, I can't choose for people what they choose, you know. You can only build into their lives, but ultimately they need to choose. But it's about to highlight people, if you choose unity, there's an automatic opening up of heaven, what you just said, because that's what happened in that temple scenario. And I mean, we've experienced it in meetings. So the moment we come into that unity, it's as, as heaven opens. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we've heard, you know, people saying, but they saw angels and, you know, there, there was almost like an amazement as the angels looked onto us as believers serving the Lord. You know? yeah. So there's... That is something we cannot stop doing. We can have to continue as we kingdom focus is to work on unity. 
to work on unity in leaders, work in unity as a church and a whole, is to bring everybody to that place and into the fullness, because that's maturity. The moment there's unity and the knowledge of Christ, it brings you into maturity. Then you become not a child anymore, you become a son in the house. Amen. And ultimately, that's what God has called us to be. So for me, it's always been, that is the target. That is the, that's the goal. That's what we have to achieve. And we can't stop. We have to keep on working at it. And whenever there's disunity or disagreement or whatever, is to resolve it. You know? yeah. And I think that is so important. But Gomez, there's a there's a scripture in in one Corinthians one, I think, you want to highlight just the the thing, the reason for unity. What is that reason? Yeah, so I think that you know, Pastor Don, um, you know, when we talk about all the work that goes into unity and, and, and the challenges that comes with it, mm-hmm. we can easily fall into this place again where we it just becomes a law. We yeah. kind of feel it's something that we must do, that, that's, that's expected of us, we should do it, and it becomes like one of the commandments, it's a law. Mm. And uh, I, I just want to stress this, I really want to highlight this, that um, you know, Paul points this out to us. He says, guys, um, unity is, 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 what, is what is on God's heart, but you will not be able to, to actually get it right without his grace. Okay. It's the grace of God that empowers us to actually do the will of God. So for us to, 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 to think that we're going to get into unity by ourselves, by our own efforts, by our own mm. strengths, mm. We, we are fooling ourselves if we think that, that we will do this without God. So God is saying He wants us to be in unity, but He's also saying, I'm going to help you to be in unity because I'm going to empower you by my grace. To come into unity. And so, you know, again, um, 1 Corinthians 1, um, first of all, you know, Paul points out, he says, you are in a relationship with Jesus by grace. You are saved by grace. Now, by the grace of God, come into unity and guard the unity. Stay in unity by the grace of God. Not by your own efforts or your own strengths. Yeah. But by the Spirit of God, by the grace of God, you can function and live and dwell in unity. Because I believe it's God's desire to bless us. Yeah. I really believe God wants to bless us. He's a good Father. He wants to put all of His blessings on our lives. Yeah. And He says, where there's unity, where you dwell together, I command my blessing. Amen. Sure. But He says, and even Psalm I will even help you to get into unity. Oh, because amazing. I want to bless you. Yeah. I mean, something that's really also, uh, I believe, that's important to you is just how Paul exalted all the churches into into unity in the different places. I mean, now we find ourselves with many denominations and and so many divisions, and which is so sad. But just talk to us about that. And I think what the call is that we need to walk in unity, not just in our congregation, but also with other churches. Yeah, look, Don, I mean, it's always astounded me because, I mean, when Jesus commissioned the disciples, I mean, he didn't say, go out as a Baptist, go as a Methodist, go out as, you know. He commissioned the body of Christ and he commissioned his disciples to go out and start the New Testament church. Yeah. 
And we know um, Peter and Paul and the great works they did and how the church was started and the great miracles that God did. I mean, they weren't operating in denominations. Mm. They were flying in the bond of love and hope and peace and everything that Paul talks about. Mm. And I find it just so odd that we can't seem to find, get the, the body of Christ or the church as we understand it today to be in total unity. And I think that's why the scriptures are there when Paul says, now clothe yourself with humility. So when you wake up in the morning, mm. you've got to put on humility. Mm. You've got to put on love. Mm. It doesn't come natural just because you love the Lord and you love your wife. And there's certain things that are going to irritate you and, and, and disturb you. And so you've got to look beyond those things. And like Kuba uh, said, you know, it's by His grace. Mm. God has empowered us to overcome these things and put them aside by clothing yourself in humility, by putting on love. Above all, He says, put on love. Because there Galatians 5 and the fruits of the Spirit come into play. And without the evidence of the fruits of the Spirit in, oper in operation in the New Testament church, we will never find a place of normality or whatever the case may be. We will always bring our denomination or our teachings or our understandings into play. And God doesn't want that for no. His New Testament church. He wants us to love each other as Christ loves the church. And that's why I reflect back on the marriage. Because the marriage... If, if you're as a husband, and I'm talking to anybody who's listening to this podcast or watching it, mm. you say you love your wife, are you prepared to lay down your life for her? Mm -hmm. Do you love her to the extent that you're prepared to lay down your life for her? And wife, do you submit to your husband mm -hmm. as Christ? I mean, as the church submits to Christ. So the, the, the illustration and the, the regulations and the rules are all in Scripture. Mm -hmm. But you have to put on these things. You have to walk in humanity. You have to walk in love. Otherwise, it doesn't, doesn't work. But I find it amazing is that throughout the New Testament, how Paul, when he speaks to the churches, he's always exhorting them to unity, yeah. into every church. And, and I think we highlighted the Second Corinthians 13, which says, Finally, brothers, rejoice. Aim for restoration. Comfort one another. Mm. Agree with one another. Live in peace. Mm. And then there's a result of that. He says, And the God of love and peace will be with you. Yeah. And again, when he says be with you, meaning the presence. Mm -hmm. There's a manifestation of his presence when we are actually aimed for restoration. Meaning, yeah. whenever there's broken relationship, deal with it. Yeah. Uh, address it. Don't just put it under the carpet. To deal with it. Uh, work it out. And I yeah. think, again, you know, in my experience in church, it's not easy. It's not easy. You know, it's not easy. It doesn't just come. You have to work at it. And sometimes people don't want to come in agreement with you for whatever reason, you know. They're just stuck in in where they're at. And, you know, and, and I'm not saying you can force it, but it's there should be an, an endeavor to and, and, a, and a resolve to, to try and to resolve these issues. Yeah. Uh, and it's so beautiful whenever you actually can do that. Yeah. That one can live in harmony. I mean, there's many scriptures that talk about we need to live in harmony with one mm. another. So I, I, I really see the value of being in unity in church and just how that could impact in open heaven and, and where you can see the blessing of the Lord. Mm. Um, can I just take on another track and just talk about 
just living with other people and um, and what it means to to live in harmony with one another. Um, I think of um, you know the you talk about we live in a in a community and we need to we we in, in a there's a government above us and the Bible say we must submit to our government. And just I see the value in that is that if we as a citizen of this country and of any any country basically are in unity with your government and with with your community around you, it brings a blessing. There's a blessing in it. And you can see when people go against it, the destruction that it brings. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's not God's plan. God's plan is not to bring destruction because that comes from the enemy, but it's about bringing in benefit. And I think the moment people start to work together in a community, you just see the, the benefit of it. And, and suddenly, you know, things change and people are happy and, and so on. But the moment people are working against one another, it's usually because of self, then it brings destruction and brings unhappiness and, and discord and, and, and so on. And that doesn't, you know, bring any benefit and there's no fruit of it. That's right. Um, and I think that uh, a scripture that encourages us is, is uh, pray first of all for those who rule over you. Now, we may not agree with everything that those who rule over us stand for, but God has, has a plan and a purpose, and the government's there because he's put them in power, and that's his choice for why they're there, there. but we have to submit to those authorities. Mm-hmm. And when we do that, we implement a godly principle, a biblical yeah. principle, because we're submitting to that in creating unity in our thinking, in our understanding. And I think that's very relevant uh, for us as Christians because yeah. we won't all agree mm. on, on, on politics, but we do agree on what the Word of God teaches us. Mm-hmm. And the Word of God says, pray for them so that you might have peace in your land. Mm-hmm. And so that's, our, that's our, what we have to do, to bring unity into differing thing, thought processes and patterns is our, our, our function as Christians is to pray. Yeah. And to, we must stay in unity. You know, the Bible's got a lot to say about unity. And I realize, as a business person, just the value that business puts on unity. Mm. They spend thousands and millions of rands to create unity. And they would send people on camps and, you know, and uh, teamwork and uh, what do they call it? Uh, team building exercises and go through uh, assessments and whatever to to create a common purpose, a common vision, a common goals and whatever. And they would spend and go away to places and spend a lot of money on it because they value the the impact of, of that unity, the impact of that togetherness. And, you know, just think about some of the quotes. It says, teamwork makes the dream work. Or, um, Alone we can do so little, together we can do so much. Helen Keller said this. And I realized that, you know, it's almost like, uh, let's call it the world in a sense, understands the value of unity. Mm. Um, Now can you imagine if a business, where people in the business work for a common goal, Mm. they have a common vision, um, they working together, supporting one another, being humble, submit one to another, and I use your skill, your skill, my skill, we bring it together, and 
that in itself brings brings value. Mm. Uh, and I realize that if the biblical principles can be taken into business, and I mean many of these books are actually written on the basis of the Bible, yeah. um, and you realize how important it is. So unity is 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 a universal thing. It's not just something you can isolate. It's just for church, or it's just for marriage, or it's just for this, or it's just between me and the Lord. Mm. It's everywhere. It's Every, everywhere. It, it basically impacts every part of your life. And I realized just the impact, and you can see the devastation even in business, when people are not in unity, mm. when some part of the workforce or some part of the, you know, are in loggerhead with one another. It eventually leads to destruction of jobs, it leads to destruction of value, and yep. and it will bring a dream. It basically can destroy a dream. But the moment people actually say, "Listen, okay, I understand there's different of opinion, but let's submit one to another and work towards this common goal to make this business, whatever we're making, work." Mm. There's value in that, and there's 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 then there's fruit, and then everybody benefits. It's almost like, it's almost incomprehensible to understand that people can't see it, you know. But I think it's, it's, it's bringing people back to the Word of God and saying that Psalm 133 applies to us, you know. How lovely it is when brethren dwell together in unity. There God commands His blessing. And I believe that uh, that is a message that we must get out there. Is, is to people to strive for unity in the workplace, in marriages, at church, in their community, you know, not to be a loggerhead with their neighbors, uh, because there's always a way to work things out and work things through and not just to be, to be in harmony with one another. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so I don't know if you have any final thoughts and, you know, we can say a lot about unity in a workplace or any other place, but any final thoughts on unity, Kobus, from your side? Yeah, I think my I think my final thoughts is you know maybe comes in the in the form of a question, and and I would ask myself, um, is there is there any disunity in heaven? Um, Obviously not. <laughs> I mean, right now, is there somebody who's in who's in disunity with God or with those in heaven? I don't think so. Um, you know, I, I think that unity is, is, is in God's heart. I think, mm-hmm. if I think about the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, they're in perfect unity. Always was, always will be. And, uh, you know, because of that, there's perfect unity in heaven right now. And, and again, that is the kingdom of God. Amen. And now Jesus says, as it is in heaven... Let it be on the earth. Mm. Let, it, let it be so in your life. And so I really believe that God wants us to walk in unity with Him and with one another. Mm. And um, it's something that, that um, doesn't come easy. But let's make every effort. Let's, let's humble ourselves. Let's look towards the cross. And let the grace of God empower us. So that we can walk as brothers and sisters. Truly representing our Father and His kingdom. Mm-hmm. When we hold hands, we take hands, we lock arms, and we walk in unity for the purposes of God in our generation. Amen. 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 Terry, any final comments from your side on unity? Don't know. I've got a scripture that 
I wrote down, uh, it's 2 Corinthians 4.17, and I know we've quoted it quite often today, but he says, finally, brothers, rejoice. Mm. Aim for restoration. Yeah. Comfort one another. Agree with one another. Live in peace, and the God of love and peace will be with you. Yeah. And I think that sums up what we're aiming for today and what we're trying, the message we're trying to bring across in our discussion is unity is so important in our lives and a bit of a negative is that the world also understands unity in the context of using it for, the, using it for their gain mm. and unfortunately they seem to have gripped the hearts and the minds of many a folk who have been lost to the kingdom with a false unity and I believe it's our task to bring the true unity of God, the highlighting the Trinity of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost into modern day living to bring back the gospel mm, to yeah. people that don't understand what it means to be in a perfect unity with the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And I think we have a big work ahead of us. Yeah. And I think this type of discussion is going to go a long way to help some folk in their difficulty with their relationships, within their marriages, in their church context, the way they understand and see things, and it's to submit one to another, you know, to give space, to put on this this this, this garment of praise, the garment of worship, and put on, clothe yourself in humility. These are the fruits of the Spirit, and unless we actively live these things out, we won't create a unity amongst the yeah. people. Amen, amen. Yeah, so thanks again for joining us this morning. You can understand that when we talk about unity, it's such a big topic, and we mm -hmm. literally scratched it this morning, so we didn't cover every aspect of it. But know this is that unity is vital for the kingdom of God to manifest on earth. And, you know, as, as we said this morning, as it is in heaven, so should it be on earth. And there's unity in heaven, therefore there should be unity on earth. And, mm -hmm. And I want to encourage you today, work at it. Make an effort. The Bible says it doesn't come just naturally. It doesn't come, it comes by the grace of God. So make every effort to be in unity with your spouse, uh, with those that you fellowship in church, uh, with your leaders, uh, and, 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 and work at it. Make sure that, because with that unity comes a blessing. And so I want to encourage you to, to work at it, uh, don't stop, don't give up. It is worth the effort. It's really worth the effort to walk in unity. And thank you for joining us this morning. And may this podcast also bring a blessing to your life, your marriage and every part of your life and your Amen. business, uh, the church experience and your relationship with the Lord. And God bless you. Amen. 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 Thank you, Jesus.